Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Night Court. I'm Rob Fisher. Been in the media, business, television, radio for how long now, Brevin? 30 years. 30 years I've been in the business. 30 years. Yeah. 30. 30 long years. Been in the business. Seen a lot. Heard a lot. Told a lot. Done a lot. Brevin Knight is with me as well. 12-year NBA veteran, former Stanford Cardinal, current Grizzlies analyst on television for the Memphis Grizzlies. I do the sidelines, by the way, for the Grizzlies and the pre- and post-game show, too. Brevin's the analyst. We are together here on Night Court. How are you, BK? I'm doing well. You got, you're about to hear how I have to sometimes get on these two dogs for barking at nothing. Oh, no. Or I think they just hear another dog barking, but it's about that to start the show with. Be quiet, Bronx. Bella, sit down. I want to have to start the show with that. I just had to do I was that. close to it. I had to do that a few minutes ago. My dog was trying to eat a moth. I just got to tell him, <laughs> stop eating a moth. Man, let the moth go. Stop. Gosh. And what's a moth Man. doing here during the day just hanging out in the porch, just letting the dog catch it? That was the big problem. All right. All right. They probably were just saying, with the other dog that was barking, they probably were just saying, what's up? We're yeah. finally outside. <laughs> we, uh, we do this podcast every week. We're glad that you listen and subscribe and reply and do all that stuff. And uh, make sure you tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your grandparents, tell everyone to tune in to Night Court each and every week. We got a lot to talk about today. The NBA, NBA draft has come and gone uh, but first, Brevin, want to tell you, I just got back from vacation, and uh, I was I was down in Orange Beach, uh, that area, in the Keys, Perdido Key, not the Keys, but Perdido Key. Uh, and people can't see people can't see you, but if they could see you, they would know that you've been on vacation. Yeah, I look good. Uh, I, you, you, I mean, this is you. You like you? You just sat out in the sun and got you a, a, a nice tan. Yeah, you know, and I, I feel good about it because, you know, it was it was kind of embarrassing the one day when, when my mom, this is a trip that we go on with the family every year. It's me, my wife, our kids, my sister and their kids, my other sister and their kids, and then my mom. And we all go and we have three condos and we hang out in Orange Beach for the week. And uh, this, this year, as I was walking alongside the pool, my mom told me, he, she told me to pull up my shorts. Because she said she said that my gut was hanging over. <laughs> oh, look, yeah. I, I don't know why I'm laughing because my, my family is like, my mom so me. She was like, bro, you can't be serious. I was like, I'm working on it, mom. I'm working on it. So she wants, so I'm asking the question. It's not that big of a fold over. It's not. But it, it comes over the top a little bit. <laughs> but you can't. It, it, it broke. <laughs> it, 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 it almost breaches the top. It, it, it's right there. Yeah. Right. No, it's not. It's not going downward. It's more going out, not down. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh no! 
I got a lover. So now the good news was by the end of the week, she said, what I've noticed from being at the beach all week was that everybody around your age seems to do the same thing. So maybe you shouldn't worry about it. And I was like, well, exactly. <laughs> Number one. Number two, I decided, well, if I'm going to have the fold over, I might as well be tan. Because you can get away with it if you're tan. So now I got a good tan. And uh, this, this is the thing. Here's, hold on. Before you go for it. No, finish. Finish. And finish. Well, How's your finish? And, and so my question is, if you, if you got, if you got a, that almost breach situation, you don't pull the shorts up like to cover it, right? You can't do that. Because that's – then you got to pull your shorts down. You, you can't pull them up that high, right? <laughs> Well, I, I think the only thing that you can do is try to suck it in, uh, and the only thing, and the only way you can, only way that's gonna happen. But if you pull it up, try to pull it up and over. I think you'll have to pull it up too high if it's already hanging over. That is gonna mess up the entire shape of your shorts. That's right. So, at the end of the day, it just comes down to changing your eating habits in some way, or just or let exercising it... a little bit more, or or just not giving a damn. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the sad, what I wanted to say, but what you what you said was the bad part about this is the fact that at the end of the trip, mom said, "Well, I guess everybody else your age is has that same situation, yeah. so just keep." That's not a good thing. Oh, like, we, we don't we, we 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 don't want for there to be the masses to look the way that we do. <laughs> that we we want it to be the other way around. <laughs> We, like in one way, it, felt, it, it seems like, well, yeah, okay, I'm probably just fitting in with everybody else. But right, well, what the hell is wrong with all of us? We're not supposed to be this way. I don't think I look that bad. I think I, I think I fool people pretty well. I, I'm Me a, too. I'm a good sucker in her. <laughs> great at it. We know how well we do it on with TV at times. Oh man, let me tell you something. I, we had our picture day. You know, family picture day down at the beach. And the wind was blowing right in our face. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I hurt myself trying to suck in so much. Because the shirt was just glued against me, man. It was was terrible. And I'm wearing a double XL. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We're going to get this right, man. Yeah. until I'm coming back to the end of the season, I'm coming back into the season, feeling good about myself. Good, good, good. So I also ate some. I had a chance to eat some Alaskan king crab. Right? I mean, I want. I, I just. I, was, I thought I'd go out. I thought, you know, why not? Jeez. Don't get. Don't get addicted to that. That's an expensive taste to have. It was real expensive. You're right, but it's a lot of work. But see, you, you you didn't order correctly. They you, with a, with the king crab legs, they usually will cut those for you to where it's open. They don't do it with the snow crab because it's too small. The king crab because it's bigger, and those are easier to break. Even even if they don't do it, but a lot of places that you go, they'll cut it for you to make it easier. It's the best. It's the best. It's it was good, man. Whew. It was good. I had beignets every morning, which was great. Ugh. They were delicious at the Beignet Cafe. And then uh, as you play with your stomach. Yeah, this is crazy that I'm I'm getting a fold over. <laughs> and then had some char-grilled oysters at Acme. 
Yeah, it was great. That's the best thing about vacation. I love about vacation is getting just going out to eat every night and getting some good fresh seafood. It was, it was delicious, man. But the king crab, it was uh, that was cool. It was uh, it was it was work, but not not as bad as like crawfish. Crawfish, I think it's it's a lot of work for little results. With the king crab, it's a lot of work, but you get big results. Big results with the king. A lot of people with, with the snow crab legs feel like you do a lot of work for a little result. Yeah. I say that's that's why you get the, the price that you get for that snow crab when you want to go to that king crab. The reason why they just one is just a regular snow crab leg and the other one is a king <laughs> and one crab leg. One has a price next to it, the other one has that MKT. Marked it. <laughs> and that means goddamn market price. Whatever we felt like coming up with today. Yep. <laughs> we we kinda looked at some prices across the country in the area and said, All right. We'll go at that rate. Whatever we can get away with today. That's what we're going to charge. That's pretty <laughs> much the whole deal. Um, have you watched uh, much of the Olympics? Yeah, every night. Um, during the day, not not as much moving around and doing doing different things. But at nighttime, we put it on every night. It's uh, It's been fun. It's been fun to watch. What's it's captivated you? The swimming was good. Watching Ledecky. Watching the... Uh, Dressel, watching him swim and the way he swam, and then Fink, the way that he came back in that, I think it was the 1500 or the 800, one of those in the freestyle, the way he came back and he was able to win. And so uh, the, the swimming has been really good. I was just telling my dad today, like I haven't seen men's basketball on the prime time at any point since this has been going on. But I know they have a big game against Spain. I guess that'll be tonight for us, tomorrow over there. Uh, but it's just, it's, it's just been – the other thing that's captivated me is watching it with no fans again. It was like, man, it's like I hope that just – that's not something that we have to ever go back to doing again. Yeah. I think that has – like every sport that you watch and – it's just been it's been wild to watch it with no fans. That's why I guess swimming's been so good because they've been able to have a lot of the swim meets. A lot of the other athletes have been there at it. That's created a little bit of noise. Yeah, yeah. All right, two ten. How about you? I haven't watched a lick uh, because I, I I was on oh, I vacation. Was, I was on vacation. Never even really yeah. turned on the TV. Um, so I didn't see any of it. Just kind of followed a little bit on Twitter of what was happening with Simone Biles and stuff like that. Um, but but didn't really get into it until, I guess it was Sunday morning, I get a text from Lang Whitaker, who works at Grand City Media and who is a friend of ours. And I do a podcast called The Odds Couple with Lang, where we talk about handicapping. He texts me at like 7 in the morning and says... The badminton women's final is on in 20 minutes. I watched this girl yesterday. No way she can lose. I got big money on it. And so I was like, well, I'm going in on it too. And I watched the women's badminton final. First of all, that badminton, that badminton is crazy how they play it at that level. And every, yes. t- every time they hit that little shuttlecock, you think, 
oh my God, they just hit it a long country mile and it's going to go way out. And it, it doesn't. And, they just and it keep, just drops out the sky. And they, and they keep just bashing it back and forth at each other. It was incredible to watch. Uh, that yes. was the first I watched. And then I started watching Sunday night, the prime time stuff. And so really just started kind of getting into it. Um, which is Women's un- gymnastics, though, has been was another one that that just with the entire change with Simone not yeah not going, but still I think it's soon soon Sunni Sunni I, I I don't want to say her name wrong. Won the overall for uh, for for the U.S. and so that that was good to see them, and then they won the silver I think in the team yeah overall and still even with that so I, I thought that was a uh, that, that was a, a good storyline too. Yeah, and I always love the gymnastics. I love watching the gymnastics, so I'm I'm looking forward to watching the rest of that. And um, but but one of the the tangents to go from what you were talking about swimming, uh, I, I did swim in the ocean this week, Brevin. Hey, hey, there you go. So that, that was good. That, I swam in an ocean and I swam in a pool. No, swimming in the ocean. Now, swimming in the ocean, the one thing about the ocean was on the last two days, we had a purple flag, which meant marine life, which meant a lot of je- right. jellyfish and just a lot of fish. And, and there was a dead fish head that was floating around. So we didn't really get much into the water on, on Thursday. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to let you know, swam in the ocean, survived it. Don't know what I was swimming around, what I was swimming in, what was touching my feet. But it was, it was nice. It was refreshing. It was the ocean. It was, uh, it was great. I, I, I've gotten as far as to the bottom of my knee in terms of the ocean, <laughs> the water, how far I've gone in. And I, I'm the bottom of my knee, that's, I think that's being really generous. Probably like just midway up the bottom portion of my leg is as far as I've gotten in the water. The, the water is not, it is not the same temperature as, as your water. Here in the in the northeast at no. this time of the year, no. it's not it's and it's not hot enough. So, but it was, it was good. The day was beautiful and everything was good. I I, I uh, because I saw you on Twitter, write about your having the char grill oysters and yeah, uh, I immediately had gone on the hunt to find some some place that makes char grill oysters. So I, I have to report back to you yeah. on that. Yeah, let me know on that one for sure. Um, the Olympics, the basketball, the men's basketball. Um, I, I, I'm kind of at a crossroads with men's basketball being in the Olympics. That we And we've talked about it before. What it means for guys from other countries. What it means for guys from the United States. Um, we don't have, ultimately, the best players there. we got some of the best players and a lot of great players there. Uh, but we don't have the best players. It seems as though... The the fans of you well the fans of the I don't even know what why I call them fans. People in general want Team USA to fail. It feels like, or maybe not want them to fail. They they want to jump on them if they do fail. Whereas if they right. win, whereas if they win, I don't think anybody cares because it's. Well, they're supposed to win. They're the best. To where I don't know if they can win. I mean, 
I don't, I don't know if they can win people over. What do they have to do to win people over? Win the gold medal, but then people will say, well, they should win the gold medal. They're the best team. If they don't win the gold medal, people will be thrilled to be able to jump on them and say, basketball's changed. The world's changed. The NBA's not as good. The American players aren't as good. American players don't care. It'll just be a blood bash of the U.S. team. So what do, what do we do to what can what can we do to care? I think the the, the problem is 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 you're always going to have that segment of, of people who we like to call our haters. Yes, and that voice it has just been able to get louder and louder because, as I've said before, the rest of the world has gotten better. It wasn't so much of an indictment on the NBA te- on this American team. It was that the teams that they were going to be playing against had better basketball players. They had more guys that had played together for more time than this American team. I never thought at, at any point that this that they wouldn't win the gold medal. I thought that it was going to be a, a more competitive challenge to be able to win a gold medal. And will they catch stride? The, those people that that are that way, you're gonna those those people will always be a part of sports. The only thing that I think that they can do is go out and play and be themselves and win basketball games. At the end of the day, you can only control the what you do on the floor. As far as what everyone else views it, how they view it or what they say, they've been saying that these teams, it's either one way or the other. Either they win it because they're supposed to win it, or if they don't win it, then all of the critics can come out and say whatever their list of reasons why they aren't good, but I but but I think they're they're still the best team with the best talent and, and they have the best talent that there is out there in terms of teams and the and what a team should be. They can't be the best team per se just because they haven't been they haven't played together for for a longer time. But their talent, how and how quickly that they adapt to one another because they play the same game, that gives them an advantage to become a better team quicker than other countries. If our best players went, if you took the top 10 players, top 12 players in the NBA, and they went, led by LeBron James, would they, how, would, would it still be as competitive as maybe it is now? Or would the United States, would we see blowouts again like we used to? Uh, I, I, I think we would, it was, we would see... Wins in the games that are closer games, we would see wins with them being there. The blowouts, I think, will will still come against the teams that you will blow out as they've done uh, in these in, in these Olympics. But the the games where it get where it can be closer because the other team has enough to keep it close, I think that would be the overriding factor that gives the the Americans the the opportunity to win those games by five to nine points instead of losing by three to seven points. I mean, to me, it makes a huge difference. If LeBron's there, uh, if Steph Curry's there, um, Trey Young, for that matter, there, um, I, I, I think we would care more because we'd want to see them just go dominate the world. Right now, I think we look at it as a society and we think, oh, we don't even have our best players over there. And I hate Kevin Durant. So, you know, I, I hope they screw up. I mean, it, it, it's almost become individual and what you're a fan of, you might not be a fan of certain guys th- that are playing. 
and it's not the best guys. So you have kind of a built-in, the haters have built-in stuff to hate <laughs> going into the Olympics. But uh, this is, and I, I, we, we talked the other time about sometimes there are some of these factors that go deeper than just talking about this sport because at the end of the day, I watch when I when I watch the Olympics. Like I don't I don't really care as much as I'm not, I'm not gonna be a, I'm not like a diehard. Yes, USA. Well, I'm not like I like to see good games and all of that. Of course, I but I find myself as soon as I turn on any sport and it has the USA on it, there is just a natural feeling. I, it's not like something that I I forced. It. It's just a natural feeling. For me to be like, let's go USA. Let's 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 go and win. We don't have enough of that. Yeah. That is why, even in this instance, with whatever sport it is, basketball, volleyball, badminton, ping pong, or table tennis, sorry, the, whatever the sport may be, swim, whatever. You should just have that feeling of because right now this is about this is just about the USA versus the other country. Yeah. But that's not – we don't have that feeling all the way. So you still get people that hate on these guys and the NBA regular scenario. They're just taking that same hate to this to this now all-star team. Yeah, well, and I think it also has to do with the fact that, you know, it, it is amazing that every four years how enamored we are with swimming, gymnastics, uh, badminton, all the sports that you mentioned – that three weeks from now, we'll never watch them on television. Right. And we won't for another four years. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Why? It's crazy. What, what, I was saying, but it was saying, why, why do you do that? It's because, USA. It's because they have USA. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like, the basketball, that, I feel like it's the guy, hey, there's the guy from the Nets. There's the guy from the Knicks. There's yes. the guy, you know, and, and it doesn't that, feel the that same. Was, that's, I know I was long-winded, but that's the point that I was trying to make. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dana sometimes is like, Listen, would you just get to the damn point? You're just talking all around. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I find it fascinating. I love the Olympics for that because watching sports that I really don't ever care about, you know, or pay attention to until it's the Olympics. And, and, and it's fascinating. Archery. I watched the whole archery. Yeah. Like literally sat there and watched it and was like, oh, yes. Yes. A good one. <laughs> uh, I, I, was, I was totally into, into yeah, it. Yeah. The uh, our NBA this week, we had the NBA draft. Um, uh, and I told a lot of people uh, last week I had a lot of interview requests to talk draft and things, and I had to turn them all down. And I used the excuse that I was on vacation, which I was. But in reality, it's because I've told you before, I don't, I don't watch a lot of college basketball. I don't, I don't know much about college basketball except the, NCAA, yes. except the NCAA tournament, which seems like it happened forever ago. Um, and I just, so I don't know. And I, I can't evaluate guys and whether they're going to be good pros. Let's let the draft happen, all that. So we get, a, we get this kid, Zaire Williams, uh, from Stanford, go Cardinal. Yep. And uh, so that has yes, to make sir. you happy that he's a Cardinal. Uh, I assume you, you, I know you pay attention to the team um, still at Stanford. So what, what kind of things do you know about Zaire Williams? Uh, I, I, I will 
Like I told everybody that has asked me on anything, I will not profess to know much more than anyone else in terms of I've only really I didn't watch him play in high school. I only saw him play a handful of games in college because of injury. Uh, then the whole COVID situation and how Stanford had to play around it by never being at campus. Like they were just on the road the entire year until the end of the year. Uh, and, and I don't think not until like their last four Pac-12 games were they even able to play on campus. And right. So, uh, at, you know, just uh, I, I had a brief viewing of them. But in the instances that I did get to see him play, all of the attributes of why people said that he was a one and done, a kid that could have come right out of high school to the league, I saw it in terms of the ability to put the ball on the floor and get to mid-range jump shots. <clears throat> he can also shoot the ball with range. He's long. He's athletic. Um, defensively, he does a, a good enough job to be able to play multiple positions. And I felt like for for the Grizzlies, that was something that we needed. We needed a, a, a longer wing player to add to the depth of our of our of our backcourt. And so uh it's it'll be it'll be fun to see you know what 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 his skill set how it translates into a pro game because i think the reason why everybody was high on coming out of high school was because he had already had a pro style game and so that pro style game that's able to come to fruition with the the maturation that'll happen just being around the guys then uh, i think it's gonna turn out to be a fantastic pick well, and, and for me, I guess the only thing I go by is this this front office for the Grizzlies for the last few years, they've moved up in the draft because they've targeted certain individuals. And when they've drafted them, they've all turned out to be contributors and good NBA, solid NBA rotation players all so far. Right. Um, you know, and John Morant, I mean, John Morant's John Morant. He was number two. That was, that, I could have made that pick as well. <laughs> but 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 the other picks are harder, and, and they've they've made them work. And so I'll go ahead and say, hey, they moved up, they targeted this guy, and you know, according to their track record, I'm looking forward to watching them play, and and hopefully it'll be a good pick. I mean, I think that's all you can do really with any draft picks. A lot of times is just kind of all right, hope it works. But you know, these guys are doing the work. These guys are scouting them. They're drafting them, and. It seems like an excellent kid. I mean, seems like a, you know, one of those guys the Grizzlies seem to be targeting these days. The the high IQ, uh, an intelligent person, um, you know, good family. I mean, it, it seems like they they're targeting a certain type of person, and he seems but, but, and but he his, seems to fit that. What I like though that they're also doing is they're still targeting basketball players. Yes, like. Like we want all of those qualities off the floor. We enjoy all of that. We want to find it. But still at the bottom line, can you play? Right. And they've been able to find guys that can play. And so uh, I, I don't think this will be this will be any different. Yeah. I think he's really gonna help this basketball team as they continue to get better. All right, I want to take you back to your draft day. Um you were in New York, obviously. Uh, you well no. you were not. We were in Charlotte. Oh, you were in Charlotte. Remember, this is, I, I was I, the draft back in the day used to go from city to city. It wasn't just in New York. They just started this uh, some years ago when 
It only was in in New York. Okay, so the draft was in Charlotte? Yep. And I guess you weren't living in Charlotte yet, right? You were from Jersey no. still at the point yep. at the time? Yep. And uh, But you're invited. How, how did that happen? How did you get the invitation? Through your agent or? Uh, through my agent. He, yeah, he, he, he let me know that uh, through the process early on that I was uh, seen as one of the higher draft picks uh, in the draft. And so uh, you get the invitation to go to the green room. And so, of course, I accepted that invitation. It'd be crazy not to. And then, and then you were you were given a suit that you decided you weren't going to wear. It's too tight. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, all, I'm, I'm still not all the way to, into the, the tight clothes. I like it to be a, more, a lot more fitted now than I ever did before, but I uh, uh, it was it, I was way before my time, so uh, I didn't I didn't wear it and had to, I went and got one off of the rack from Macy's. Way too big, could have fit another person in it with me. But hey, I'm shaking David Stern's hand. <laughs> How long was that afternoon anticipating the evening? Uh, like what happens that day, the day of the draft? Is it just a lot of waiting, or are you are you being well, you, you, whisked around? Uh, a certain part things? of it is the waiting. You get you get, you get ready. You hang out early on, and then you start to get dressed. For me, it was hustling to the mall to, to go find a <laughs> to go find a suit to be able to wear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least I'm at least I'm an average size man, so at least I was able to find something that close. <laughs> they closely fit. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and and then you go over you go over early because you do a bunch of there's like, photo shoot things and yeah. uh, some interviews and then then it just becomes the waiting process and you know I, for me it was a long wait because I was one of the last guys I think there's only one other guy after me that was still in the green room that hadn't been chosen yet. Right. Uh, one or two other people. I don't even remember. I was just, but when they when they called my name, I was just like, I was happy to be to know I was in the NBA. But I think I was happier just to be like, oh man, I'm glad we didn't get to get out of here. I, I did not want to have to sit here any longer. <laughs> now, when when you're chosen, did you know you were chosen before the commissioner said your name? Uh, after. I, I knew after the we didn't they took Derek Anderson at thirteen and we say no I didn't want to go to the Clippers at fourteen then we had, then I knew that I was gonna to go to Cleveland at sixteen. Okay. So you kinda of had an idea. So then you go to Cleveland and that walk up on stage with your big massive suit on what what what's going through your mind as you walk up to Commissioner Stern? That I yeah I can't believe I'm about to be in the NBA. Yeah, like literally, like literally, I'm I'm about to shake David Stern's hand. You know, but but the other thing was, no, what else I thought was like, but I still got to prove a lot of people wrong. Yeah, like and so it was just like the next. What's the next step in proving somebody wrong? That that's that's because I, and it wasn't it wasn't so much oh those teams ahead of me, oh, it wasn't just it was, was going to be the teams behind me, 
behind that shows that didn't even get a chance. It was just going to be for everyone that that thought what I did at Stanford, um, I couldn't validate it by playing well in the pros. Right. Wow. So so then you're up on the stage. The picture gets taken. You're wearing a hat. Um, and 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 where do you go from there? Do you go backstage and interview time? We go time? to the back. You go, yeah, you go back to the back and and you sit around and they <clears throat> uh, a bunch of at that time uh, they just sit around and and they they ask you a bunch of questions <clears throat> and and from that from those questions is uh, and then you, from there you move on. But the thing for me was Derek Anderson also got drafted, so it was like individual questions. Then they asked us questions together. Um, and then, so it, it was, uh, it, it was good. And then the next day, flew to Cleveland, uh, did all of the, did the, the uh, press conference there with the team and all of that. Uh, walked around, saw things there. Uh, and then it was, it, it was get ready for summer league in Atlanta. How how soon? I I assume I. I how soon did you get your first paycheck from the moment you're drafted? When does the first paycheck come, and what happened to the first paycheck? Uh, the first paycheck, I, I don't think you get it until you start uh, training camp. Right. So once we started training camp, that's when you got the first check. And I, I didn't do... I didn't do anything with it because, sure, but at that time, you're too tired to be spending money. <laughs> Mike Fratello literally had us. I mean, I was literally dying at those training, at those practices with Mike Fratello. Right. Like, it, I, I mean, physically, I had never, I had never been through anything as grueling as that in my entire basketball career. Uh, and and so that was. That that was so it was I, that first my first couple of checks they probably those sat there and were able to make money for me because I <laughs> I, I could I couldn't do anything for that when when you and know what you know the other thing that that my first checks did go to us so I know I spent I did it was the line of credit that is is, is extended to all of those guys that were projected NBA players that were going to make money. So coming out of college, you don't really, you don't have really, you don't really have money, right. but you're at that in between stage. Right. And so you can get a, you can get a line of credit usually that gives you whatever, whatever amount you, you feel you want to, you need to go up to. And so I paid that off <laughs> to be done with that. That's the first thing I did. Right. right. When you got drafted by Cleveland, were you excited about Cleveland? Oh, very excited. Why? Because I got drafted with two other rookies, and Cedric Henderson uh, from University of Memphis and Derek Anderson. And I knew that Zajunas Ogowskis hadn't played the, the entire first year, so he was going to be like a rookie. And Vitaly Potapenko was going to be there. Uh, after I looked, when I looked at their roster, when we started to hear uh, going into the draft, that that's where I may end up. That's where I was going to go. Then we immediately just looked at the team that they had. And so uh, 
that it, I was I was excited because it was it was young guys. I knew that they were in a rebuilding stage, so we had a chance to to go in and play if we were good enough to be able to play. And and so uh, Fratello was there as a coach. I had known him from being in Jersey. I, I knew what type of coach. I didn't I didn't know how hard it was going to be, but I knew that I could adapt to his coaching style. And so I was I was and it, I knew it was a sports town. Yeah, you always want to be. You always want to be in a sports town, uh, for good or bad. You know, it, it's it's uh, it's just cool to be be in that type of environment. Who all was with you? You sent me a couple of pictures. Uh, your mother uh, was there. Um, who who all yeah. who all was at in Charlotte my, with you? My mom, my mom, my dad at the table was my mom, my dad, uh, Dina, my wife, uh, Brand, and my brother. Um, my agent, right? two agents. Uh, I think my advisor may have been there with us also. Uh, and I think that was it. When you, when you, if I'm not mistaken, was it at the arena where the draft was? Yeah, it was at, uh, yes, it was at the arena. Okay. Yes. Because I had my other family members from North, they were living in North Carolina at that time. They came with a busload of people from Durham, and with about with about sixty people from Durham to come to the draft to to cheer me on when, when we got there. So that was uh, maybe more like forty. I think I was embellishing a little bit. Sixty sounded really nice. Maybe more like forty. <laughs> <laughs> so. So when you leave the arena after you do all the interviews and all this crap and you got everything set for the morning, you're going to be flying to Cleveland and doing all this, what was the party like? Where was the party? What, 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 how big of a party? Was it 60, 40? Was it 10? How many? <laughs> we did it up. First we went to dinner uh, with the people that were at the table with us. Uh, I met some other people that within our within our, our inner circle and then uh we went back to the hotel that was it watch movies sat around in, in the sat around the suite and watched tv you did not i swear to god really unless unless uh, unless i unless i'm forgetting something and i would I have to ask i have to ask dean i i think that's it we went back had some family came over to the hotel we just watched TV, dude. I would, I would have. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's like that's those are my friends anyway. Right. Like, I still have, I still have friends uh, outside of, of just them, but it was was very few in, in terms of that, and so that was it. That's all we did. I think it was, and why was because it was like for me, it was almost like. For real, yo, like <laughs> I just I just got drafted. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's really cool. That, and so I am I imagine there are some guys who show up at that press conference the next day wearing sunglasses. Needing to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I, I I showed up and I was like Ding. <laughs> Next question. Ready to look, go. At, look at reporters dead in their eyes. Good eye contact. Firm handshake. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. I'm serious. <laughs> they fly you first class? Uh, I, nah, I, 
So now this is, we may have flown. Yes, we flew first class there. Okay, to Cleveland. And they pick you up at the yeah. airport and everything and treat you like a king. Pick you up in a limo. And, and our, our limo driver, who at this point has probably passed away, he's, he's a limo driver for the, for the team and for the players for forever. And it's a shame that I, his name is escaping me right now. And that's, uh, but he picked me up, and he was nothing but a character. But remember my entire like. So from that point on, whenever we need to go to the airport, if it was going to be extended, we weren't going to leave a car. I would just call him, and I would, even if it was just me, he would always come in this big limo, and I used to be like, "Oh, why am I just forgetting his name?" I said, tell him, like, I don't need this limo all the time. You know, you can just bring a regular car. He's like, no, we're always going this style. That's how we're going to do it. He's like, Miss Dana's not coming? I was like, no, it's just me. I was like, I told you it's just me. That's why I didn't need this big car. He's like, nope, it's still okay. It was, so it was, man, I loved it, man. We got off got off the plane and, and went there and I had a great time in Cleveland. I, would, I wish management hadn't changed. I wish they hadn't started trading Vitaly. I wish... Patello wasn't fired uh, uh, because I think that team. I wish the lockout didn't happen, yeah. and my and going into my second year because that just totally derailed Sean in terms of allowing him to stay at the level, even though he was still twenty and ten. After that, just in terms of being able to lead a team in that fashion, and that just that changed, and so uh, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But at the end of the day, I had 12 good years. Awesome. Yes, you did, sir. Very cool stuff about the draft. Awesome. Uh, that, that, we've run out of time for this edition of Night Call. <laughs> See, long window. You guys, it's, it's like, hey, get, get five questions together. <laughs> and I bet you, Reverend can do your show for you. <laughs> Next week, we're going to talk about my draft night. <laughs> there, there was one. There, there, there was one that happened for you. A draft? You, yeah, you, you got drafted. It might not have been into a major league team. Oh, well. my but a draft of some sort. My draft night, my favorite draft night experience was meeting uh, Rob Bass and DJ Jazz. Well, DJ Jazzy Jeff wasn't there. I don't know if he's even with us anymore, but Rob Bass. Well, Rob, Rob Bass, you know, is with uh, DJ Easy Rock. Rob Basin. Oh, that's right. DJ Easy Rock. Yeah. That's right. My bad. Yeah, so just, just, uh, <laughs> Not yeah, Jazzy Jeff. Really, they would just say it's Rob Basin and DJ Easy Rock. And then the other one is you know, it's, it's Will Smith. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's what I'm here for you, man. Yeah. I, I don't want you, I just, you know, I, I don't, I, I just couldn't let you, I don't want to let you just. It was the first C- first that. CD I ever bought. I bought two CDs. First CDs I've ever bought. Never forget. It was a. It was two of them. I got MC Hammer, Hammer Time, and I got Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. It takes two. Yeah, yes. Those were those I were my it. first two CDs I ever bought. And uh, so when I got to meet Rob Bass when he performed when the Grizzlies took John Morant singing "It Takes Two, that was that was a thrill for me. So that was my that was my favorite draft. <laughs> Draft night experience, and I think I was wearing big baggy clothes too. Because again, I hide it well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and listen, everybody's draft night experience. Listen, you you don't know the experience can be different. 
but we all have a draft night experience. That's right. And uh, we'd love to hear yours. You can reach us on Twitter. I'm at the Fish Nation. He's at Brevin Knight 22. The show at Night Court 22. You can reach us on Twitter. You can ask questions that we'll answer here on the podcast or comments or uh, your favorite draft experiences. You could share those with us as well. And uh, make sure you tune into the podcast each and every week. We thank you for listening, as always. Uh, you can subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. But even more importantly, tell a friend and keep on listening and uh, have them tune in as well. We enjoy bringing it to you, and uh, we're we're very grateful for that uh, you tune in to us each and every week as well. That'll do it for us here this week on Night Court. For Brevin, I'm Fish. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week here on Night Court. Peace.